Futurized goes beneath the trends to track the underlying forces of disruption in tech policy, business models, social dynamics, and the environment. I'm your host, Trun Arne Unheim, futurist and author. In episode 28 of the podcast, the topic is the future of child trafficking. Our guest is Vasilia Orfanu, founder of Luxembourg Diplomacy and Communications Institute, ludchi.eu the Media Diplomacy Agency. We talk about child trafficking, the first problem Luci.eu will devote its attention to. Child trafficking is a global crisis where the fragmentation of actors hampers media's ability to cover the stories and make progress in the field. Emerging technology is a double-edged sword which enables crime syndicates, but it also represents opportunities for monitoring and tracking and agenda setting. A word from our sponsor. Do you have business challenges where you would like high quality external input from experts? Yegi is an insight network with access to on-demand teams made up of selected talent from thousands of experts across industries and markets, including financial services, education, software, energy, healthcare, and life science. Check out Yegi at archives.yegi.com. Vasilia, how are you today? Good. How are you, Trant? It's very good to be here. Yeah, I agree. So, Vasilia, I thought we would uh, start a little bit with your background. You and I know each other from from the EU from yes. for, from a long time ago. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. The good thing yeah. about it is that we actually look the same. <laughs> that, I was going to say that. I think we look better. It's just 10 years we, ago. No, we no don't problem. age. We don't yes. age. So we kind of met when we were 10. <laughs> Yeah, that's the old. unique, yeah, it happens, it happens. And then, you know, and now we are about 15, 16, so it kind of works. It works, it works. So, Vasilia, you've done a lot of interesting things since we spoke. You've been to the Harvard Kennedy School to do some post-PhD work. Uh, yeah. You have, um, I think you had already actually gone to the Geneva School of Diplomacy when yeah. we, uh, you know, when we spoke. You've been in consulting. Uh, but now you are on to something quite different and a yeah. <laughs> very, very serious topic, I must say. So let's see how we can how we can do this. Tell me a little bit about, you know, what was it in your background that prompted you to take on such a serious global issue? Uh, so obviously, um, there has to be a general understanding that child trafficking is um, a global pandemic by this point, right? It's not uh, possibly. I'm not the first that says that, uh, but possibly I am one of the few people within the media sector and the consulting business that um, has been quite active uh, in this specific um, direction. And the reason has been that um, while I was uh, doing my master's degree. Um, back in 2005, I took a, a, a course in uh, peacekeeping, uh, whereby 
basically this intrigued kind of intrigued my master thesis on how the media could possibly support um, the timelier deployment of peacekeeping operations and possibly how the media could raise the awareness and the alerts uh, to uh, prevent um, global disasters and international crisis to the degree that we've seen. Uh, so while researching that subject and while I was, I simply got immersed into the whole uh, peacekeeping aspect, the peace building and all that, I kind of stumbled myself into uh, numerous stats around child trafficking. So this was back in uh, uh, 2006, 2007. And while I was looking at that and simultaneously finishing the, the thesis on the Geneva School of Diplomacy, because this eventually became my PhD as well. And I also published the book at that time. I, I said, whoa, wait a second. I mean, this is huge. At, at the same time, I could not find statistics um, that would be uniform. So, you know, we would have the International Label Organization uh, talking about different statistics than the, the European Commission, different statistics than the Ministry of Defense, different statistics. And I was like, okay, what is going on here? I could understand that this was huge. Uh, I could understand uh, that a number of kids are actually forced into child labor, which we already know. Uh, but at that time, I could understand how the two would, would get connected. I mean, getting from child labor to child trafficking is is possibly the same issue. Uh, it's just that you need to connect it, right? And um, while researching about that, I found that a number of, of companies uh, from the banking sector, uh, from the fashion industry, from the cosmetics industry, uh, they, they were getting fined and they were really getting big fines uh, because, the, unfortunately, they were integrating child labor into their supply chains. And um, they were getting fined, but nothing was, was changing, right? So I said, you know, I kind of said to myself, okay, how is this connected with the social corporate responsibility aspect? How could we uh, basically link together on one hand side, the social corporate responsibility aspect, and at the same time, helping uh, averting or possibly eradicating child trafficking and, and, uh, and other violations of, uh, against children, because we're not talking about child trafficking only. We're talking about sexual exploitation of children. We're talking about organ selling, we're talking about trading, we're talking about many, many aspects um, which are violating the, the, the human rights of children. So I said to I said to myself, okay, we have to do something about that. Obviously, uh, my career path took me completely elsewhere while my, my passion was that because obviously I had to pay my bills, right? As everyone sure. does. So I, I, I went into um, consulting. Uh, we were working together at some point 10 years back on the e-practice platform, which was one of the most amazing platforms we've actually worked. Uh, work together on. And I think that you were also the innovator be behind that. And I was involved into that. Then I was uh, involved um, very much so in the, to the technology realm of, of the consulting business, like software integration, um, 
techie techie side I'm, I'm not a te- i'm not a developer obviously but these were the people that i was working for the you know seven years of my life and then life kind of brought me to the financial um sector um initially having worked with uh, with bloomberg as an analyst then going back to the communication aspect the, the media aspect the pr and uh, most recently uh having worked with the european investment bank on uh, financial instruments and it, it, it kind of sh- Troik me badly the fact that the bank sector is not doing as much as it could have uh, to avert the issue from inside, right? And it kind of, yeah. you know, it, it was terrible to see that the the issue instead of getting uh, decreased. It was increasing. We, we, we actually have a growth of, of child trafficking every year that we go and every year that we move on. So I said, OK, we kind of have to do something about it. It's 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 not possible. So if I can brief it out, this is this is how it all. Can started. I just briefly ask you a question just before sure. you, you sort of frame it up? One of the yeah. uh, stats in the material you sent me, uh, I'd yeah. like you to just kind of frame it up, starting with that. So you said somewhere that 30 million kids will have been trafficked by the end of this year. Yeah. And that's a 150 multi-billion corporation that needs to be stopped. Yeah. So first off, these numbers, where do they come from? Whenever there are numbers on, on mm-hmm. these things, where do they typically come from? Are these NGO numbers? Are these coming from law enforcement agencies? Or where where are they coming from? Because as you said, there's a data problem here. The the scope of the problem isn't very easy to yes to understand, um, which is part of part of your initiative. I, w- I would say I would say that the most um, uh, the, the best statistics that you can get from uh, on this aspect is from the International Labour Organization because they're actually monitoring uh, child labor. And even if it's not child trafficking per se, the numbers, and maybe the case is not, we cannot associate right now child labor to child trafficking, it is the case. So I would say uh, that the best statistics would, would come from uh, international um, international governmental organizations, such as the European Commission, obviously, uh, the International Labor Organization, the United Nations, uh, because obviously they're working on 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 a number of initiatives on a, on the EU and a more global level, whereas NGOs could be local, could be national. So they might be specifically doing work for on a specific uh, frame of, of that issue and not being able to even get the results because statistics like that, in fact, mean that you actually have the resources. You need to have within your environment, the analysts, the data analysts, the the resources. And NGOs do not have the funding, the necessary funding. And we're not talking about UNICEF and uh, Save the Children, which are, are on a much different level, we're talking about NGOs like Free a Child, um, you know, Akitas. Uh, we're talking about the Code, you know, Destiny Rescue, which Destiny Rescue is also big, but we're talking about smaller NGOs. So the smaller NGOs not necessarily have, you know, the resources, and therefore they will not be able to get the the, the right like the right statistics, right? Um, so, so uh, can I ask you to do this? So. On this podcast, we trace all all the topics in in terms of at least four sort of forces of disruption: technology, yeah. business models, uh, policy and regulation, and then social dynamics. This would seem to be 
one of those kind of intractable intractable problems that have at least these four aspects associated with them. Can you break down, not necessarily into these four, but what are the most serious gaps that you currently see and that, you know, we'll talk about the initiative you want to launch now to address these gaps. Uh, So there's a certain amount of fragmentation overall, you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. The industry is uh, totally fragmented, right? And this uh, this is related mostly because modern day slavery as it is because child trafficking is part of modern day slavery was regulated um, and it was uh, basically announced as a problem back in 2013, right? Uh, So this means what? It means lack of regulation, lack of legislation. At the same time, each and every organization, let's take it like from the uh, the European Commission, they have their own initiative. Then you have the NGOs running their own initiatives on local or national level. Then you have the law enforcement agencies that they're doing um, certain things from a de- defense perspective, right? And the big problem is that they don't talk to each other. They talk to each other to get funding, to implement their initiatives, but you can rarely find these people on a single table on a single decision-making table. And this creates a huge issue because you cannot spend funding on an issue to eradicate it. And in fact, the the growth and the proliferation of this issue is growing instead of decreasing. This in fact means that money is spent to do nothing. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be too Uh, pessimistic about that because in in the end of the day, we have children that have been saved and this is the the ultimate result. If we get uh, kids saved is extremely important, but how would it be if we could create a concerted direction across all of these organizations um, uh, incorporating and engaging them and multiplying this through influencers, media, and the press. Because even from the media side of things, you know, the segments that are associated to the problem are so limited uh, in comparison to the pandemic that we actually have, because we're actually talking about the global pandemic. And I'm, I'm trying to transition this with the COVID situation, you know, with the confinement and a lot of people have died. Um, uh, we had uh, we had a disaster, uh, like the economy has been shot uh, for six months almost, but nobody is actually analyzing the pandemic of child trafficking on the other side, which is the numbers are are even worse. So, so, so let me just t- <clears throat> take issue with one thing. So let's, uh, uh let's, uh, take it from the U S side. So I was just listening to a, a, one of the podcasts on child trafficking. There aren't that many, but there's one called ending human trafficking. It's a U.S. based podcast. And one of the, uh, I think the hosts there, uh, I believe her name is Sandy Morgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, her point was this, Right now, she says she gets approached by people almost every week who want to start some sort of initiative against uh, child trafficking. And she advises them not to start another initiative. So I wanted to address this hard question for you as you are embarking on another initiative, because her, her view is that, to your point a minute ago, so many people get so hung up 
in this very tricky issue when you're starting an organization or getting the initial funding that they just run around and they get funding. And, and I think she is actually not just talking about nonprofit initiatives. She's also probably talking about government initiatives. Yeah. You get so excited about the problem and so worried about the problem. You try to then, you know, rally resources around this into your particular frame of the problem. Then you yes. get some initial funding if you're lucky, and then you run off and do what you said you would do. Yeah. But you don't, like you said, co coordinate with other people. Yeah. How is your initiative going to escape this logic that she must have seen tens of yeah. times in order to come with that advice from someone who, like her, is, you know, is dedicating her life to, to end this problem globally, but, you know, from the vantage point of the United States? Exactly. Uh, I, I completely agree with that position. We already have two main initiatives and creating another initiative that goes in similar direction, we're not we're not really going anywhere. What is actually lacking from all these initiatives is awareness, media, press, influencers, multipliers. This is what, uh, because all these initiatives cannot uh, necessarily push uh, for a funding around these aspects because in fact, their work is to save these children, right? So their priority is to save our children. However, However, they are not able to get the necessary funding to do that because they do not get the attention towards the problem. So in other words, they are not able to raise the awareness as to the severity of the problem as it's currently standing. And therefore, what is happening is that, okay, they say, uh, this initiative is good, but I will do it better. So they, they get another initiative, they get the funding, then they're stuck. They're stuck. So, so this is it's like a brick wall where you, you get the bricks one after the next. And all of a sudden, because you can actually, you cannot build the wall with different bricks, this wall will collapse. It is what it is. Um, and, and this, you know, the result is, you know, in terms of the growth. It's not that these initiatives are not doing lots of work. It is that they are not able to get the attention to the right stakeholders that run the media networks, the media channels, the media world, um, overall, both independent mainstream and dependent and all that media world to actually raise awareness on the subject. And this is what we are aspiring to be, working with all these initiatives to yeah. enhance and drive their efforts further. We're not aspiring well, to... So tell yeah. me, Vasilia, the, the media is interesting and, and this is part of your expertise, I believe. This was your yeah. PhD, um, some yeah. aspect of media coverage yeah. of, of, of tricky social yeah. issues. It does seem to be difficult to cover tr child trafficking, though, in all, in all honesty, because first off, you have the fact that you need to prove that people were involved before you start slandering them in, in public, right? So there's a, certainly in the US, there's a lot of legal consequences of, of starting to talk about various actors that are even accused of, of being part of this uh, big kind of uh, yeah. maze of, uh, of actors. And then number two, the victims, right, have privacy rights. Exactly. So, you know, the media seems to feed on uh, stories so how do you balance that? So number one, there's liability if you start invoking names of corporations and other, uh, you know, uh, apart from when they're shell corporations and, and things that, you know, are very obviously 
you know, you can very obviously make some credible allegations. But so, so there's a lot of powers that be that you have to be very careful when you're covering. And then on the victim side, as I said, there seems to be a problem because you don't even want these people to step forward sometimes. Sometimes they don't even have legal status in the countries exactly. they end up in. They don't have an incentive really to step mm-hmm. forward in, mm-hmm. in the new context. So this is all very tricky for even for media. How are you going to solve that problem or how are you going to get incentives so that these multipliers you talk about can communicate uh, around this in a new way. And again, you know, I was just listening to this uh, Ending Human Trafficking podcast. They said in the US, the approach has been to tackle the data problem and just gather more data. So there are a a couple of of these um, NGOs that have developed reports, annual reports that are, at least now you have something to talk about. Yeah. What is your main approach there? And tell us a little bit about this initiative. What is it that you're starting? What exactly will you do? Okay. Uh, so the first, the first thing, you know, that I actually proved through my, my PhD thesis and now with a postdoc thesis is that media is not about propaganda. We've, we've used to connect media, unfortunately, with, with propaganda because it's easier to do, right? It's easier, easier to, to manipulate uh, the public perception and the world around a propaganda, right? Because you don't have to research anything about it. You don't have to ha- hold uh, an expertise on the subject. You just you just hold some information. You also hold an assumption, and you go out there without necessarily. Um, you take a position. Yeah, essentially. You, That's, yeah, yeah right. you you take a position, and you go out. Um, you know, you put your nice dress, you know, your makeup, your nice clothes, and you take you take them down because this is the easiest thing to do. Uh, however, media is you know media impact is related to aside from information and dissemination, is also about education. And this is what we're lacking. Um, Media's power is in terms of educating the public and pressurize a certain action, drive a certain action to a certain problem. So the problem is that we have a proliferation, we have a growth of a huge issue. The issue is child trafficking. What is the solution? We need to be extremely solution-oriented as as media, uh, media networks and as media professionals. Myself coming from also the diplomacy realm, I can, I guess I, I can bring, I can balance out between the media and the diplomacy side to create an initiative that informs disseminates, raises awareness about the current initiatives that we have, the work that they do, and raise the interest, trigger their interest, if, if we may say so, to get more support into that. So what, what I'm understanding is your initiative isn't kind of just another initiative. You're not planning to run no. programs on child trafficking. You no. are actually running a media operation that will collect all of the good stuff that's being done and build a network around the dissemination of that work. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we will we will uh, build this on two major fronts. Uh, first is primary data, uh, which means that is data that we actually write about. Either this means articles, webinars, podcasts to raise attention on the issue. On the other hand side. Um, is is the secondary data, which is books, uh, initiatives, research that has already been established and connecting the two to drive everything into a single direction because it's the only way to go. There is no other way to go um, unless we are able to move beyond of creating another initiative and simply not showing the solutions that these initiatives can actually bring, what is there to funding? Why, why international governmental organization would fund yet another initiatives, uh, initiative trying to, to tackle an issue that has not been tackled? Because the statistics as, as, as are widely known. I mean, if an issue is creating and we have uh, 30 million kids and we have a proliferation of 150 multi-billion industry, it means that industry runs as a corporation, right? It also means that in order for this to grow, it means that corporation-wise, it is also connected to the tourism industry. It is also connected to the banking industry. It is also possibly connected to the fintech industry. It is, And I'm not making allegations here. Uh, if these industries have not do done anything to stop uh, how the child trafficking as a corporation moves around these different industries, it means that there are also accomplishes. <laughs> you see what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, let's let's take, uh, for example, um, ExxonMobil and uh, Coca-Cola, because these are actually and Ford. These are three huge companies that are extremely sensitive about the aspect of child trafficking. They're funding a lot, a number of initiatives, both non-for-profits, non-governmentals, and they're really, really driving the sector, right? How about replicating the best practice of these companies to other sectors as well? Um, I understand. On another, and how, would you, how would you do that? Would you uh, basically disseminate what they're doing, try to put together kind yes. of seminars and, yes. and demonstrate to other co yes. corporations the, the kinds of activities they could take? Yes, and, and we would actually tell them exactly how they can use the industry towards that uh, direction. We will tell them exactly how it could actually be averted through the cybersecurity, uh, the blockchain industry, the fintech industry, because one of the most serious, serious aspects of these crimes is actually follow the money. Wherever the money is, you can do it through technology, you know? If these crime syndicates are able to um, employ, let's say, IT uh, guys, fintech guys, financial guys, because it's not, this. these people that are actually working on that uh, to proliferate this crime are not, um, you know, students that have just finished school. They're, they're people that know exactly what they're doing, there are people that are extremely educated. There are people that have possibly finished Harvard or MIT. There are people, and I'm not talking about... So, Vasilia, I haven't really heard yeah. that kind of analysis before. Enlighten yeah. me on the 
exact business model of how these things work. Let's think of it truly as a entrepreneurial operation. How, where is the real money? You know, which part of the chain is it that where you can extract the real money? Because I'm assuming, I'm making an assumption that it's not at the end point. It is somewhere in the middle where they extract all the money. How, where, where is the most money exchanging hands? Um, it could be, uh, it, it, it's not, first of all, it's not, it doesn't run from one single point. Huh? Uh, first of all, it's, it's, it's been run through the dark web. I, I'm not sure how, where, uh, you know, our audience is, you know, about the dark web and what exactly is happening. Uh, but it happens through the supply chains. It's, it's, it's a supply chain because let's say you have, you know, the tar tourism industry, right? Uh, from the crime syndicates, they need to make a number of bookings, right? Uh, and why do they need to make the bookings? Because they have to pre-order all these things so that they're sh basically uh, taking the kids from in, in different parts of the world. And usually these uh, bookings are massive. Yeah. In fact, yeah. exactly point in time, this has to be checked further. Second, bank accounts. You know that the HSBC before possibly three years ago was fined uh, by 1.9 billion uh, from, uh, from, uh, for helping uh, cri crime syndicates and, and child trafficking, right? And they were fined, fined about that. How come this was not found earlier? How come it was that exactly point in time that it was exposed by the economists? Because the economists actually exposed this this uh, issue and run a and, and run a um, a video about it. Uh, it so so it's basically the case. If the banking sector does not do anything to track and follow the money, this will continue growing. And now, and now we, we also have, you know, the fintech, uh, you know, industry and all these uh, great uh, technological banks, the virtual banks, right, which is going to be much easier for all these grant crime syndicates to, to, to um, uh, grow, uh, you know, the, their, their practice overall, because you, you don't need anything to open a virtual bank account. It's the easiest thing to do. What is the, the the security behind? What is happening really behind? So I think that each and every industry has to have um, certain security compliance and regulatory aspects that need to be checked in their supply chain and make sure that none none of these people that run this these uh, syndicates actually are able to go through them. To what extent, so let's talk more about this, the role of technology. To what, to what extent is that known how technology, one, is currently aiding child trafficking in some of the aspects you were talking about? And two, uh, how do you envision and how is technology already helping combating child trafficking? Straight. 
Struggling to crack the code on innovation? Don't look too hard. Buy the book. Disruption Games How to Thrive on Serial Failure by Trond Unheim was published by Atmosphere Press in 2020. Common Wisdom says that success breeds success. However, what if only repeated failure does? The author has followed thousands of founders and startups at MIT and beyond as they struggle, pivot, fail, or succeed. The secret? Training as if for the Olympics with the top mentors, being in the right places, and deeply examining what you learn along the way. The biosphere of innovation cannot be a template between R&D, innovation labs, partnerships, startup scouting, corporate venturing, accelerators, or open innovation. You never know where the breakthrough starts. Thriving on failure is the way of science. In four moves, get exposed to disruption, take or simulate risk, persist until point of failure, reflect and recover. Buy the book anywhere books are sold and learn more at disruptiongames.com. Let me just list a few areas of technology that I think you know m- might be involved here. So image recognition clearly can be yep. used on both sides of, of this, either to place uh, people or or to 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 find and track the movement of uh, obviously illicit activity. Um, then, I mean, obviously large databases uh, mm-hmm. generally. And then, you know, machine learning type of algorithms to sort of sift through data and find patterns, whether it is illicit patterns, or I'm assuming they are already also using it for themselves to Mm -hmm. uh, organize their own activities and their own supply chains. Exactly. Tell us a little bit about, uh, so it's a double-edged sword technology, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Works on both sides. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, I would say um, given that we are we are currently the industrial revolution, technology has taken a, a different shift uh, in, in many things. And we all, all of us have to, to, to be upscaled about the things, the dangers, uh, but also, you know, the, the good things about technology. For sure, as you mentioned, AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data sets, um, all of this is... Is a good way of how technology could could support. Like in, on my end, for instance, um, and my institute will apply artificial intelligence in order to create a big data bank uh, to enable filtering uh, all the information that is out there and making sure that this is transferred through our platform in a uniform way, uh, but at the same uh, way, at the same time, use that that um, uh, that information that we get in order to uh, do research on our own, uh, substantiate our, our journals and our article writing and our news, our press releases and what we actually feed uh, the media. Because if we're aiming to uh, bring something that is completely disruptive, completely innovative, we definitely have to integrate technology into that. And we, we definitely have to, 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 uh, to see this as our, as our as our good fairy, let's say. But on the other hand side of the coin, given that all these crime syndicates that are currently proliferating, they will see technology as a good way as to how to grow their business. And obviously, because they don't have an issue with resources and they have huge money uh, to build that, it's going to be easier for them to grow their business than us to impact and decrease the the, the impact, the, the the negative impact of child trafficking, as you may understand, right? So, Vasilia, are you 
starting this because you are optimistic that change can happen? Or are you starting this because if you look at the next decade without this initiative, you are very pessimistic? Or is it a little both. element of both? It's both. Uh, it's both. Um, first of all, it's an initiative that has a heart. It has a soul. Uh, to tell you the truth, having worked with uh, uh, so many institutions, uh, both on the non-for-profit side, but also the consulting business, I, I do have a responsibility as a consultant uh, to drive the sector in a much different uh, direction. And the different direction has to be uh, more towards a social corporate responsibility aspect. And if this means that uh, we can invest uh, as companies in, into, into the, the big figures and decreasing the, the figures of child trafficking, hell yeah, this is, you know, I, I think this is a good cause. Uh, at the same time, me as a person, as, as Vasilia, not that, let's just take the, the, the personal side of, of things, um, uh, quite of an, I have certain type of ideology, um, and I'm an activist at heart. Uh, so it doesn't feel good um, to think that we are okay, and maybe our children um, are okay, but uh, in in the next neighborhood, something of our our mere mere town, the same thing can happen to our friends. It's, it's not, you know, people have the, you know, this disturbed idea that uh, child trafficking does not happen in our own towns, in our own neighborhoods, in our countries. They happen somewhere in Africa, in India, in Brazil, in, in, in countries where there is poverty and the resources are not you know, they're not moving as to, you know, the Western society would. But the reality is that it happens very close to us and mm. we cannot monitor it. We cannot track it. And today is somebody else's kid. Tomorrow is my kid is your kid. It's, it's something that we have to, you know, bring it in a different direction. And I, I do feel pessimistic because if we are not able to do something right now about it, uh, the whole thing will grow. Um, and um, I think we are not, we're only going to be hearing on the news, you know, all these kids that died and it's not all these victims and all these victims that have already passed away and their mothers and the, their, their, their fathers and all that. I think it's horrible. I think it's appalling that as a society, as a global community, uh, we haven't been able to, to tackle this issue. If, uh, Somebody listening wants to get engaged or f get more informed on, on these uh, topics. Uh, what is mm -hmm. your advice at this current moment? So it's right before you are launching, obviously we'll, we'll link mm -hmm. up your initiative yeah. uh, when, when you launch. Mm -hmm. What are some of the main institutions that are contributing to this? If you kind of want to track and, and stay up to date. I mean, I mentioned one podcast. What are mm -hmm. some of the data sources, you mentioned ILO, what are some other places you, you can go right now? It's, as you said, it is very fragmented. So hopefully you will unite all of this under one yes. umbrella. So mm -hmm. that'll become mm -hmm. one, one source. Uh, I, I would say that uh, they would definitely need to to look at uh, organizations such as uh, you know Save the Children, the Code, um, 
Destiny, uh, Destiny Rescue, um, ESC Pats uh, in the U.S. There, there are many, many uh, non-governmental and, uh, and and international governmental organizations. Uh, Interpol is doing a lot of things. Europol is doing a lot of things as well. The European Commission they they do have the Spotlight Initiative. They're trying to to drive for many years now. Um, there, there are also organizations, uh, companies from a company perspective that are. Uh, AI and machine learning intensive, such as uh, Marinus Analytics, for instance, or Thorn.org, uh, which is an initiative uh, uh, brought together by Aston Aston Kutcher, the celebrity, and um, Demi Moore. Um, celebrities are also trying to, to, to bring a lot of attention to this aspect because obviously they do have the resources to do it. And uh, at the same time, you know, connecting this to their names is, is better. Um, I, I guess it's much more eclectic than doing anything else. Uh, so we have, um, you know, many celebrities are trying to do a lot of work, like, uh, uh from lo- late, um, Audrey Hepburn and, uh, currently her, uh, her, uh, her daughter and um, her family. Um, Angelina Jolie is doing a lot of things. The Clooney Foundation is doing. Amal and, and George are, are doing a lot of things. Um, uh, Witherspoon is also doing um, her own thing. I mean, there are many, many celebrities that are doing a lot of things right now. Uh, possibly they're not intrigued um some are intrigued and are giving attention for their own purposes, obviously, and, and their, their agenda behind as a celebrity. But some of them are really, you know, kind of hard and they're doing it because they're also um, mothers. They're also brothers. They're also fathers. And they do have children uh, and nieces and nephews. And they, they understand uh, the, the, the issue. How are you going to, how are you going to work specifically with influencers in, in your, uh, initiative or is it mainly coordinating NGOs and, and governments? No, we were trying to, it's huge. The project is huge. Uh, we are going to, to try to, to work with as many um, entities as possible. Either this is from the media side or from the NGO or uh, international governmental organizations or law enforcement. It's basically uh, building, you know, brand partnerships that they believe in the initiative and take it one step at a time. He, this usually comes as, you know, as an email from an email marketing uh, campaign to an actual campaign. Uh, through social media on the issues at hand and then take it from there. Um, so as we're rounding up, I'm just curious, have you had any initial contact with people sharing some of the ideas around your initiative or are you just still kind of at the launch gate and you haven't uh, started sharing some of your plans? Uh, no, I haven't really. You know, I'm, a, I'm kind of a person that I would like to, to have something ready and launched before uh, to, to have the visual aspect, the visual aspect element um, showcased uh, rather than me speaking about it and nobody understanding really what I mean and uh, <laughs> what we you know what are the reasons uh, behind that uh, yeah. so uh, for sure we are in the process we uh, finished you know the business plan you know the marketing plans all these things uh, moving with the pitch deck on the 15th of August uh, which is a it's a, it's a Greek celebration of uh, you know commemorating Virgin Mary um, and uh, given that um, this also has, it's it's an initiative uh, with a Greek heart, I would say, and a Greek, uh, you know, wireless perspective, we would like to, to give that um, uh, good 
faithful, uh, if we can uh, say, uh, optimistic side of things. And we will be launching on the 15th. Um, and uh, from then on, uh, there will be a number of initiatives coming coming on board, initially um, initially uh, working on the magazine and the articles. Then we have a, a journal coming out as well, uh, whereby a call of proposals has already been disseminated. And the first call of proposals, I thought it would be extremely important to uh, show the impact of COVID. Um, it's not going to be related to child trafficking, even though we were going to show that unfortunately, during the confinement, online business of, of uh, crime syndicates actually grew. Um, you know, pornography actually grew during the confinement uh, time. And uh, unfortunately, pornography of, of uh, children has also grown during the confinement. This is something that we will show. But in general, we would like to show the impact of uh, COVID and how the shut of the economy has hurt, you know, every single person and every single professional uh, from every uh, type of standing, because, you know, we are on this together. Um, so on, on my end, it's not about whether I'm I'm good and you're good is also, you know, how from from my standing, I can I can make certain changes and transform certain changes so that other people are are good as well. Um, All right. Well, uh, Celia, I, I <laughs> wish you best of luck with that initiative Thank and you. we shall try to track uh, and, and see see how it goes i i hope that Thank your you. initiative will succeed definitely thank you thank, thank you so much thank for you. spending time thank with you. us on the podcast thank you thank you thank you very much for your time i appreciate it for calling me in and uh, as always it's great it's it's really great collaborating with you great to uh speak with you again thank you Thinking about the pandemic? Buy the book. Pandemic Aftermath, How Coronavirus Changes Global Society by Trond Unheim was published by Atmosphere Press in 2020, putting the pandemic into the context of the two historical precedents, the Black Death and the influenza of 2018. Five scenarios are considered to be relevant for our understanding of the next decade. The five scenarios are borderless world, nation state renewal, two worlds apart, Habitian chaos, and status quo. The first portion of the book is nonfiction. The second portion of the book is fiction. If you are at all curious, you can get this book everywhere books are sold and can learn more at pandemic-aftermath.com. You have just listened to episode 28 of the Futurized podcast with host Trunar Nuenheim, futurist and author. The topic was the future of child trafficking. Our guest was Vasilia Orfanu, founder of Luxembourg Diplomacy and Communications Institute, Luchi.eu, the media diplomacy agency. We talked about child trafficking, the first problem Luchi.eu will devote its attention to. Child trafficking is a global crisis where the fragmentation of actors hampers media's ability to cover the stories and make progress in the field. Emerging technology is a double-edged sword which enables crime syndicates, but it also represents opportunities for monitoring and tracking and agenda setting. My takeaway 
is that there is no need for additional organizations working on the content surrounding child trafficking. Rather, the problem is to coordinate and make current activity more visible and efficient. Putting all the information in one place and joining up the actors who work in the field in one communication effort seems to be a viable path. Child trafficking is a horrendous issue, but seems to be such a profitable endeavor currently with so attractive economics for those who pursue it that it needs to be pursued from a variety of angles, from law enforcement to legislative proposals to awareness initiatives. Big brands have a big responsibility in this effort and sharing best practices could be fruitful. The next decade could be pivotal and we just might be able to turn the tide. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, subscribe at futurize.co or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. Futurized, preparing you to deal with disruption.